Hi everyone, this is Tax Tip Thursdays. Um, this is actually our fourth season and this will be our third episode. So I have a very special guest here with me. Um, he's a lawyer and he's going to give you guys some very excellent information about Dun & Bradstreet and also about what is a corporate veil. I'm going to turn everything over to him and let him introduce yourself and give you guys all this wonderful information. Please don't miss out. Get your notebooks ready. This information is very important. There's a lot of um, misconceptions about Dun & Bradstreet floating around social media. So you guys definitely want to know what you're actually getting yourself into once you think that this is something that you want to do for us opening a business and having a corporation. So we're going to listen to the experts for now on instead of all the information that's just floating around on social media. So can you tell them your name? Sure. Hi, my name is Jay Borowski. I'm a lawyer in Philadelphia. And before we get started, I'm going to give you the, the, the legal jargon here is that um, everything that we're talking about today is just general information. It does not constitute legal advice in any way, nor does it form any type of attorney-client relationship between me and you guys. Um, I will always recommend that before you start looking at legal situations, you should, if you don't have a lawyer, you should get one. Definitely. And definitely confer with them before you make your decisions. Definitely, thank you for that information. That was very, very important to know. Sure thing. Okay, so let's get into this also familiar Dun & Bradstreet number that everyone feels as though they can just throw around on social media. No one really knows exactly what it is, what it represents, um, how much is needed. Nobody really has any real genuine information on it, but it sounds important. Believe it or not, mm -hmm. it really isn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure how any of this got started. Okay. But a Dun & Bradstreet number, well, first of all, mm -hmm. Dun & Bradstreet is a company that's been around for, I don't know, like probably like going back to the 1800s. I mean, oh, wow. they go back a ways. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are involved with a lot of um company and business databases okay. yeah they're like a business information company they got all sorts of programs and the like okay but everybody's gotten this whole thing about the duns number right in their heads absolutely i don't know where that got started okay i'm not gonna even try to figure out where it got right. started definitely social media okay. that i could tell you i know years ago it wasn't such a big deal but a lot of people are pushing a lot of things on social media so that's why we're here to you know, kind of debunk all the misinformation. Sure, I mean, I'm hearing things from folks and I don't really get it. They're talking about without a DUNS number, I can't get like credit right. or I can't get grants and, right. and contracts. Like, mm -hmm. And like some people are going as so far as to say, if I had a DUNS number, I'm gonna get like free money. Right. Right? I'm gonna get government grants and, right and like all this stuff i've heard it i've heard it i don't know what's going on there but here's what i can tell you that it it does do so the government the federal government uses a duns number kind of like people use social security numbers okay uh if you want to have a government grant or get a government contract 
a DUNS number is what the government uses to more or less be able to identify you in their systems. Okay. Like a social security number it identifies a person. Okay. That's as far as it goes. Okay. It's more like a number for management purposes for federal um, business contracting and granting. Okay. It doesn't get you anything for free. It doesn't get you anything for free. You hear that, people? It doesn't get you anything for free. Because if that were the case, I'd be running out to get it. Absolutely, me too. (laughs) One other thing that's uh, even funnier Mm -hmm. is that your business can get a DUNS number and not even know it. Right. I think that just happened to someone I know. Yes. Because it becomes a tracking mechanism and people will check out your business, Dun & Bradstreet can actually assign you a Dun's number without you really even knowing about it. Right. In fact, before this um, podcast, Mm -hmm. I have a couple of businesses, including my law practice. Okay. I went on, I've never applied for a a, a Dun's number ever. Okay. In my career, I've never did it on any business that I've owned. Okay. So I went on to the... Dun & Bradstreet website. Mm-hmm. I went to the part where it says, do you want to know about your number? Okay. If you have one. Okay. I plugged in my information for my companies. And wow. I have Dun's numbers. So what do you do in a case like that? If you have, is it, you just leave it alone? I don't touch it. Okay. Um, information as it flows in, mm-hmm. kind of like credit bureaus. Right. Things will show up. Okay. But a Dun's number is, you know, from my experiences, mm-hmm. has been really unnecessary to conduct my business. Okay. Most people, you know, who start companies, and you know, I'm going to assume that most of the listeners, if they've set up any type of business entity, is probably doing an LLC. Right. Right. I think that is the flavor of the month. Okay. Is LLCs. LLC, which is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and. Most people, you know, that start businesses, that is the smart way to go. Right. And we're going to get into that probably a little bit later on, like, why it's a a nice thing to have. Absolutely. But you set it up, and if you are looking for business credit, there really isn't such a thing for a small company as business credit, because your credit is really going to be an extension of your personal credit. Okay. Uh, because your business has nothing. Right. It starts from scratch. Right. And so any credit is going to be more reliant upon what it is that you as a person have. Um, People talk about getting a business credit card, for example. I'm glad you brought that up. That's very important because um, I'm actually looking to see, looking to business credit for my daughter's business. So give us some information on how to go about that. Well, watch this. You go ahead and... You want to get a business credit card. Right. The credit card companies will be open to giving you a credit card that has your business name on it and your name below it. Right? Okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to still sign for everything. Right. You should also know that when you get that company credit card, guess who's responsible for paying that bill? We are. Exactly. It's not the business, it's the person. Exactly. Now, the business should make the payments because it's a business expense that you're putting on that card. Absolutely. But if that business isn't paying that bill, you are personally responsible for paying it out of your own pocket. Absolutely. 
So, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, your business credit is really nothing more than your personal credit just in a business format. In a business format. format, right. Absolutely. That's it. Okay. And it still comes back on you if it's not paid. It comes back on your personal credit. And then you have two credits to worry about, the business credit and then the personal credit. Is that correct? Uh, in a sense, yes. Yes. Because unless you get to a certain size and you're you know, a mega corporation that can have credit that is only reliant upon itself, okay. whereas virtually every company, small business, is going to have your own personal liability attached to that credit card. Right. And so you have to take, when you're signing on to with the credit card, you are agreeing to, in effect, guarantee all the payments. Exactly. You and your business credit are kind of intertwined. Okay. And people need to know that you, this is very important. I hope everyone is listening. Um, cause I, we get a lot of phone calls about business credit. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation. So once again, that's why we are here to give you guys the correct information. And Jay has the correct information. <laughs> I certainly like to think so. <laughs> okay. So let's get into, um, which is very important that um, there's also something that's being thrown around social media as far as the corporate veil. Okay. Okay. So what is it that's being thrown around? Um, I think that a lot of people don't know the difference between even just the corporation, the LLC, the sole proprietorship. Um, they they don't know the differences in the three different entities. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that poses a problem. Um I don't know if they know the differences in having a corporation or what, having it set up. What does it mean? Um, as far as payroll, as far as a lot of, a lot of things. So, um, I think that we just need to have some clear information okay. on, you know, everything that has to do with being corporate. Okay. Well, since you brought up the corporate veil, mm-hmm. and um, please jump in as we're we're talking about okay. this. So the corporate veil is really nothing more than the, the concept of being able to have un, the difference between limited liability and unlimited liability in a personal context. And what I mean about that is the reason why people set up companies and, and corporations is so that they won't be personally liable for the business. Okay. You know, if you go into business as a sole proprietor, it just means that you're looking to obviously make money. Right. But if something were to go wrong and all of a sudden there's this big lawsuit or something terrible happens to the business and you don't know how to pay for it, you are personally responsible out of your own pocket Okay. To pay for whatever those liabilities are. Okay. And then people said, gee, this is a really bad way to go about business. I'd really like the business not to possibly bankrupt me personally. Right. So I would like to start a business, and if something goes wrong, I don't want to have to risk all my personal assets you know, and put them on the, on the line. Right. So that's where companies and corporations came from. Okay. And if you start a comp, you know, an LLC or a corporation, 
it means that you are limiting your personal liability by setting it up. Okay. And so anything that goes wrong on the business side stays on the business side and doesn't touch any of your personal assets or wealth. Okay. Right. So you can put the company into bankruptcy and if somebody wants to go after the company for, you know, let's say your landlord. Okay. You got a lease that still has three years left on it and the landlord is saying you're going to owe me $50,000 because that's how much you'd have to pay over the next three years. Well, instead of trying to get your money, they can only go after the company assets. And if it's in a bankruptcy situation, for example, mm -hmm. you can only get it through the bankruptcy court. Oh, you can't wow. go after yourself personally, which gives you the ability to just shut down that business and start a new one. Maybe you learned a really valuable mistake, okay. a, a valuable lesson right. in making a mistake that effectively tanked your prior business. Okay. So now you want to go and stay in that same kind of business. Right. Now that you've learned a valuable lesson, you want a clean start and try again. Okay. I get it. So that's kind of like the great thing about like the American system is that you can make those mistakes so you don't pay for it out of your own pocket and hopefully you'll be more successful the next time and add value to yourself and your community, right? You know, your country, all those things. Yes, y'all hear that, man, because because we're all without fault, so mistakes do happen. This is also not a, a idea mechanism to just keep messing up and starting new companies. So. No. <laughs> but that is, idealistically, that is, it does happen. People do mess up because owning a business is very... Is is all a learning experience when you're first starting out if you don't know much about what you're doing. So sure. um, that process is really good. So I think having an LLC to me sounds like that's the better way to go versus the sole proprietorship. For there's a lot of reasons why um, you know LLCs are have been recommended by a number of people as a good vehicle or perhaps the best vehicle available. You know to start a, a small business okay and i'm sure we can take up that could take right well we're going to definitely keep doing this every thursday so we need you guys to tune in because we want to give you guys the correct information as we said before over and over again so we will definitely be giving you um that longer version too <laughs> just broken up in sure. many sessions over time that's all oh okay. absolutely i mean before moving on to like the corporate veil bit, mm -hmm. yeah, there's so much to running a business. Right. A lot of people, when you're getting started, they really are, have not had those experiences. Right. And so there's a number of pitfalls that people can make along the way. Agreed. You know, on the legal side, the financial side, you know, there's a number of things that often happen. It's, it's more of a question of people don't know what they don't know. Right. And I think part of what we're doing here is to help fill in the, the what they don't know. Exactly. Because, Jay, you're actually doing series of videos, small videos, giving out all this information. Uh, is it tax information as well? Or is it just what is the information that you're giving out in your series of small videos? Well, we're, we're putting together a video series. Okay. Um, both involving uh, legal and financial to cover the main things about starting a small business. That's excellent. 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 I think that's a very good idea and it's very much needed. Continue. Please tell us about it. 
of this series? Well, yeah, just let us know, you know, just a bit of a brief synopsis because we're going to definitely, we want to get it. I'm pretty sure our viewers want to get it, the people that's listening. Uh, so. Sure. With a, with a friend of mine who is an accountant, we're trying to cover all the main issues that a startup business will encounter okay. and try to give information to avoid those pitfalls that have caused huge problems for businesses. And a number of small businesses have really um, stopped before they largely started because they didn't have the correct information as they, after they formed their business entity, whether it's a LLC mm -hmm. or a corporation. Okay. That's just the first step. Right. There's so much more that goes into it to right. be successful. So you guys saw the need because you saw a lot of people make these very mistakes that you're going to be putting in your series. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, we are looking at this as it, these are things that if you address them up front, you'll save yourself a lot of grief and aggravation down the road because when you're trying to grow a business, the last thing you need to do is to make these mistakes that come back to haunt you later. Yes, I agree. Definitely. I'm glad that you're putting the information out there. Absolutely. We'll keep you posted. Yes, please when, do. When, when the series is available. Absolutely. We want to get it to all our listeners. I'm pretty sure they can absolutely use it. A lot of the listeners are just starting out. A lot of the listeners are small business and they're moving their way up. Um, I'm pretty sure mostly everybody that's listening can benefit from that. Well, absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> so. So the concept of a corporate veil, okay. it sounds pretty fancy right but what, yeah but you know what it boils down to is the corporate veil means the what we were just talking about mm -hmm. being able to prevent the business uh, liabilities to somehow fall upon you personally and potentially go after your assets okay that's the veil that's the veil right okay. and what an a LLC or a corporation allows for is to prevent creates that veil. Okay. Okay. So that's the point of what's called limited liability. Right. So like a limited liability company is just that. It limits the liability of the business to basically the business itself and not to open up your personal assets. Okay. You know, to having to pay for the liabilities of the business. Okay. Which is why everybody's getting these things. Right, because, absolutely. Right? You you want the business to, you know, if this business fails, you want it to just stop right there. Absolutely. Okay. Now, the problem is, is that people say, great, I just started my company. Right. I just got my C Corp. Right. Or I'm going to be an S Corp. And it right. sounds really, really fancy. Right. And I'm protected. Right. I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, you're not. Oh, wow. You are protected. Okay. On, at, when you open it but it's like a lot of things in life you have to also continue to do things to keep that protection up there oh wow okay so for example um, when you have a corporation you may have heard these terms before mm -hmm. shareholder meetings yes right board meetings yes right quarterly board meetings right board minutes. Right. There's a reason for those things because the corporation, in order to protect the individual shareholders, 
from having someone go after them later mm -hmm. for business liabilities have to maintain certain standards and formalities, okay. as they're called, okay. um, to, to keep that corporate veil in place. Okay. And so if you just set up a corporation and you say, great, I have a corporation now. Right. And you just leave it. You leave it. And a lot of people don't necessarily establish their bylaws. Right. Okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so for you know, anyone listening out there, the bylaws are basically the rules that govern the operations of the corporation. You have to have bylaws. Okay. Now, chances are you'll have some set of bylaws if you open a business checking account. Okay. Because if you want to get a business account from a bank, there's no bank out there that I can think of mm -hmm. that will give you a checking account without seeing the bylaws. Okay. I think they're fairly strict at this point. Right. Uh, but the bylaws tell you how your company's going to be run. It will okay. tell you that you're supposed to, you'll have meetings, you'll have minutes, you'll have a number of things. Okay. If you don't do those things and you get yourself into trouble legally, mm -hmm. and and there's a, not a lot of factors here. I'm right. not saying any one factor. Right. So I don't want anyone to, to think that there's, uh, if you've, you're missing one thing, that is a problem. Right. It, it's generally looked at the totality of the circumstances. Okay. If you get, if there is a problem, what'll happen is the person who has the claim against the company mm -hmm. might go after the individuals. Right, okay. Okay, and that's known as piercing the corporate veil. Okay. So if they file a lawsuit, what they will do is file against the corporation. Okay. But they will also file against the individuals who are a part of that corporation. Okay. Trying to get to you personally just right. because the corporation may have nothing but you may but have you it may. in your own right. bank account. Exactly. So the courts will look at what did the corporation do. Right. And if all you did was take money out. And that's it. You yeah. didn't do any of these other things. There's no paper showing that the corporation was making decisions. Right. You were just making decisions on your own. Okay. Like, like the corporation was nothing more than a pretend vehicle. Right. It's like, oh, I have a corporation. Right. But if you treat it almost as a play toy, a right. play thing, and there's no real assets in the company, maybe you didn't even have a business account. Maybe you were just taking your payments and putting it into your personal bank account. Mm -hmm. The courts could look at the circumstances surrounding your corporation and say, this is a fake. Right. You, you just filed the papers. And that's it. And, right? And, and yes. <laughs> and, but you treated it as if it was a sole proprietorship. All the money was going into your pocket. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a company pocket it would go into first. Okay. You weren't making decisions or signing contracts in a way that you were getting board approval before you took certain business decisions. Right. There's no paper trail to go with it. Right. You, and as a result of looking at the whole you know, situation, mm -hmm. the courts could say, 
this was a sham corporation, and so we're going to allow the plaintiff, in that case, to go after you personally right. for anything that's owed to that plaintiff. Wow, amazing. So when people get, when they do set up the corporation, they definitely should be reading all of the paperwork to know exactly what it is that they are supposed to be doing. They should have a lawyer. They should have a lawyer. Make sure that you have, you know, from the very beginning bylaws okay. yep. that was set up and you understand what those bylaws are. Okay. Now, the reason why um, LLCs have become more popular than corporations mm -hmm. is largely for everything I just said. Right. Because an LLC, the amount of documentation is far less severe. Okay. Because, you know, you sit there and say, gee, I have to have a board meeting. I mean, I have to have minutes and I have to do these things. And while it may not be a huge amount of time, people don't want to do they that. They don't want to do that, right. right. It's like, I just want to run my business. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm not making money. I want right. to make money. That's right. the whole point I'm doing this. I didn't, you know, start this to sit down and have to have meetings and paperwork right. and a minute book to mm -hmm. tra keep track of all of the minutes from our meetings. Right. They don't want that. Right. And with an LLC, you don't have to do that stuff. Okay. There is far less paperwork. You can handle things largely on using email or right. just making a note that right. you gave it some thought. Okay. I like to do a little bit, but you're not required to do it. Right. And for example, in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. um, which is the state that I practice in, you don't have to have what's called an operating agreement, which is the LLC equivalent of the bylaws. Okay. Now, I usually recommend to everyone to have their own operating agreement because right. an operating agreement is, like I said, is the functional equivalent of the bylaws. And I like people to understand what it is they're doing and how they've set it up in a way that they're happy with. Okay. Because everybody has their own unique situation. Right, absolutely. And this is a way to tailor it to yourself. But because LLCs operate in a very different fashion and they're much looser and less onerous requirements, mm -hmm. if you don't have an operating agreement, that there's actual um, state laws that will tell you what happens in certain circumstances. Okay. It's just that if you don't like what the state law is, you're stuck with it if you don't right. have your own operating, operating agreement. agreement. And I just want to touch on that. I've heard people call us and we let them know our fees, but we also let them know what they're actually getting. And the operating agreement is one of those documents. And um, all the account managers stress how important it is to have that operating agreement. And then they, they go on further to explain why it is exactly what you said they should have the operating agreement. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's always generic operating agreements, and that is probably better okay. than um, defaulting to the state laws. Okay. But even those, you can take a look at them. And usually, you know, it's there's certain blank spots that are left open. Okay. Um, to fill in. Sometimes some are a little bit more structured, but if it's, in my opinion, it's worth seeking a lawyer's advice to make sure that it, if there's more than one of you especially, because it's one thing 
if you're a single member LLC, mm -hmm. well, you're it. Right. You, know, you don't have to answer to anybody but right. yourself. Absolutely. You still need to do a little bit of paperwork, but not much. Um, no one's really going to be after you for that. As, but the things that you got to do still are out there for a corporation. For example, you do want to have a business account when you get paid. You know whether it's you know you're paid by because you're doing contract work for someone, okay. or if you're running a store. Right. When you collect your money in, it shouldn't go directly to your personal bank account. Absolutely. It needs to go to the business. Absolutely. You can draw down from the business account to yourself personally. Right. But if it goes directly into your pocketbook, you more or less are saying to the world, this company or corporation really doesn't matter because right. I don't put the money through that. Right. I put it right into my, my own pocket. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I know people who have done that. Right. You know, the, the legal system looks at that as, a, as an example of you have a sham entity here. Okay. And you're not, you're treating it like your personal piggy bank. Right, absolutely. Um, anything that you do should be signed off, not by you personally. It should be the business so that you're, you have that bank account. That makes a big difference. Right. There should be um, assets for the business. Right. So the company has money in the bank. If you right. keep drawing all the money into your own pocket, right. the business really has nothing. Exactly. And it looks like there's no business. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have another question really quickly. Sure. Um, what makes a person even go from having an LLC to a corporation to making that change? What, what is that? Is that needed at some point? Not necessarily. Okay. It depends. Uh, it seems these days, to a large extent, people are doing it. If you're starting a C-Corp, oftentimes um, people who are looking for venture capital money because they're doing sort of that tech startup thing. Okay. A, a C-Corp is something that investors like to see. There's, okay. We're really venturing into very uh, specialized stuff about what makes a C-Corp mm -hmm. a vehicle. Okay. But uh, to a large extent, most businesses, even larger ones, mm -hmm. will operate as an LLC. Oh, wow. Okay. Because of the simplicity of the operations. Okay. Understood. Um, I would say LLCs have only been around for, I, I know I'll get this wrong, but probably since the 1980s. Okay. Um, because corporations were the way it was done. Right. And that was not serving a lot of businesses' interests. Okay. And so a modified version that provides a lot of the benefits to a corporation, but they're being done in a more informal structure. Exactly. Which was uh, a good idea. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. If, but if they do need a corporation um, at some point for some, whatever reason, and they are a client of ours, we're recommending them to you, correctly? Uh, I'm more than happy to help Okay, just let everybody know. Right. But I will say this, um, unless there's a particular issue, and largely it's because of who are the possible shareholders or okay. um, partners, business right. partners that you'd like to have within the entity. Right. 
there are still ways to make an LLC look like a corporation without having to become a corporation. Okay. I'll save that one for another we'll podcast. We'll save that for another podcast. Absolutely. Hey, you guys, you got to hear this one because we know that your companies are growing. Um, we know that your is more than one entity far as um, having an LLC. There are a lot of people that have partnerships that are getting together, friends, partners, networking, all types of reasons why people come together and decide, hey, let's start this business together. Um, so you have to tune back in so you can hear Jay explain <laughs> how you can actually operate as a corporation under LLC Hub. So um, it was great talking to you, Jay. Thank you. Oh, my God. Your information is so invaluable. And um, we're going to be looking out for them series, and we're going to be talking to you again. Once again, this is Text Tip Thursdays. And we had Jay. He's actually in the same location as us, 1635 Market Street. And thank you guys for listening. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Good.